Welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Trevor Scott, and with me, as always, is Ben Slinger. Hello, hello, and welcome back. To- welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back, yes, welcome back. <laughs> Thanks, that Richie Meadow, something like no, that. No, it was Max Walker. <laughs> uh, I knew it was from one of those, uh, what was that, uh, 13th Man or something? 12th. 12th Man. Why did, I don't know, cricket. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> welcome back. This show is not about cricket, thank fuck. Uh, but what we are going to do this week is another episode of Click Pitch Garage. Do we have a theme song, Trevor? No. I'll just enter it in here. Just slot the theme song right in here, Trevor, that I'll have you produce since you're editing it this week. And Yeah, that didn't happen. So, sorry about that, listeners. Uh, This is Trevor. After the fact, uh, I didn't get time to record a a new bit of of audio. So, back to the show. Just just slide in a little bit of yourself saying you didn't do it there, Trev, if, uh, if you didn't get to it. Okay. Uh, so, Click Pitch Garage. This is uh, a, a bit of a twist on our usual Click Pitch. So, we will still have a random word generator in front of us. On three to one click, we'll get a new adjective and a noun each. Uh, but we will also be restricting ourselves to including a particular game mechanic. Last week, we did the grappling hook. Had a lot of fun. Had some really interesting different... Uh, ways to use a grappling hook in a game. Mm-hmm. And what are we doing this week, Trevor? We're doing your suggestion that you had last week, because we did my suggestion last week, so we thought we'd do your suggestion this week, which is tech trees. Yeah, so the classic kind of tech tree found in many, many games. Uh, basically oh, just- it's that sort of tech tree. I thought you were going for a technological tree, just as, a, as like a... <laughs> I mean, a I guess add a that- pinch if we can't go away to think to put in an actual oh, look, technology it's a tree, <laughs> then we can do that. But no, uh, unlocking new new technologies, new uh, for, you know mechanics, new things generally through purchasing them in some way, I guess. But we can we can play around with how they're actually gained. Uh, yeah, throughout the course of the game. So cool. I'm interested to see how all these narrative games are going to incorporate. Uh, tech trees. So three, two, we one, click. Shall see. <laughs> Intact crack. Shed stress. Shed stress. An intact crack. I think well, I feel like this, someone's this, just got this, a busted shed. Yeah, they put they're putting a shed up and <laughs> the foundation's cracked. And it's just causing them a lot of stress. Mm. So, I think the more stress that you're under, the more points that you get to a tech tree that you can- <laughs> So, it's stress points. Okay. Well, well, hang on. Let, let's see if- I mean, I'm that's to- immediately, that, that just makes sense. Like, you have to be spending the points. Otherwise, you stress out and you, you, you know, crack under so pressure. So, what are, what are the technologies then, do you think, that are helping you here? Are these technologies that are helping you build or fix this shed, or are yeah. they technologies that are helping you- Deal relax, with the stress. Deal with the stress. I think I think they're both. I think so you can go down parts. either route. I mean, the point of the tech tree often is it has many branches. You usually, you know, you, you unlock one branch at a time, but you can choose which branch to sort of pursue. So, okay. So, you've got your sort of- You've got your tool technologies- You've got your stress relief technologies. Yes. Uh, anything, any other things? Well, the crazy thing is, like a social- like if, if you do go down the stress relief side of things, you get more karma, but your stress points take longer to build mm-hmm. up so that you can't, mm-hmm. like, 
necessarily build up your character, but you're at less risk of cracking. You know, do we breaking? Do we have things. multiple? Ooh, do we have multiple currencies? Is this more of a balance? In a sort of light side, dark side points sort of thing, where okay. you've got your stress points and you've got your calm points. Your calm points you can you can put into uh, tools, but if you get too stressed, you break your tools and you go backwards in the tech tree. You go backwards in the tree. Okay, yeah. So it's less of like unlocking the ability to have that tool, and it's it is actually like that tool is is you gain the tools one after yeah, the other. I mean, it's, it's obviously again. on a tree because it's all about building up your, your tool arsenal to to level out all this shed and- <laughs> So, what are the stuff. actual- Okay, yeah, that's fine. I think this needs to be a relatively, like, complex shed. Like, it's- I, I think- Got shelves we, we, and doors. Well, and- I'm thinking that it's not just a singular shed. This is his mm-hmm. work. He is a oh, landscape gardener is- and, okay. you know- Sheds is how we got into this stress thing and all that sort of stuff, but it's like- He's a shedman. But he also does, like, other landscape sort of stuff. So, yeah. at first, you're only got the tools to do very basic landscape gardening, like, here's where the garden is, here's where the, where the grass Knocking is, here's where the shed posts. is. And every single one includes a, a shed, and the shed is probably the most intricate part, because if the shed isn't mm. perfect, then the backyard's not, not done. No, well, it's it's his piece de resistance of every of every garden, so it has to be perfect. It's his sort of it's his calling card, is the sheds. Mm-hmm. Yes. So okay. So you're unlocking. So you so your stress points give you. Uh, you use your stress points to unlock tools. Uh, ways to come down. Yeah. Uh, stress points to for stress re- uh, stress release. So that that's uh, different techniques that you can use internally as well as. You know, potentially, as well um, as like a stress ball, having or- a thermos of you know hot soup, or having a yeah a stress ball, sure, or just taking a break. Yeah, better planning of your day. <laughs> hmm. uh, and then if you calm down enough, you get the points for better tools to actually do. Your well, work I, th- I think the points for better tool comes in the fact that you did a good job and you got paid. If you ruin oh, okay. their backyard by by cracking, like- okay, so you've sort of got two different two different tech trees here in a way. You've got ways to keep yourself calm because you have an anger problem and mm-hmm. things get stressful when building sheds and landscaping gardens. And then as you do jobs, you can buy new tools, which then might help you do better jobs and be less stressed. Although maybe some of those tools cause stress, even though they, they break do down. the job better. Or yes, they're breaking they down definitely. Yep. That definitely causes stress. Uh, okay. <laughs> So, does the quality of the job come purely from sort of your stress level at the time, maybe? Like, or, or it's just harder to do good quality work while stressed? I, I think it's one of those things of, you know, everything is is like a, a different mini game, right? Mm-hmm. And as you're doing that mini game, like, if you're super stressed, it's bouncing around everywhere, like, absolutely crazy. And you you can do good jobs, but you've got to be clicking right in the middle of that, that sort of thing. Whereas yeah. if- if it's super calm and super controlled. Yeah, you've got, like, larger larger uh, target areas and slower, yeah. But the problem is, the more relaxed you are, the longer you take on these mm. on these things. And the more stressed that you are, the more quick you try to get it done. So, it's about trying to keep that, you know, you've been given a quote as to how long this thing this thing's going to take. And the, yeah. and the further you get through the through the week and you haven't finished everything, you know, the more stressed that you get and, you know, so it's <laughs> right, like each right, job right. is- 
I is like going to cause some that's stress. Really, that's an interesting balance because I feel like you can do a, you can quote up off the bat, and you've got some control over that quote. And if yeah, if you put a hard deadline on yourself, that's actually going to make the job harder because now you there's just an underlying level of stress. There's like a minimum stress level from a job with a hard deadline uh, that's that's coming up. Uh, but of course you can fit in more jobs if you do them faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's definitely a balance there. I like that balance. It's, and it's a fun little twist on these like house flipper or like building games or whatever, but adding that extra element of the actual kind of, yeah, stressful environment of being a contractor, basically. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> um, and I think that's needed. Like in a in a game like I mean I find those games tedious. It, like I like the idea of them in a way mm. because sometimes yeah, like making the mundane or the day to day fun is challenging, uh, and I do find them just relatively tedious. But yeah, adding something like that in uh, adds adds a bit of extra challenge and and a bit of story to it. Then like I feel like you then you see the responses from the the clients. You know, based on how well you've done, maybe you get some some clients that'll you know come out and bring you a glass of nice cool lemonade at at a key moment and bring your stress down enough to finish the job well, uh, as like a random event kind of thing. Yeah. Um, or there's another one where the dog comes flying through, ruins the garden bed while you're not, while you're not there, and then you get in the next morning and your stress levels are right up because it yeah. now doesn't look you great. Redo and the work and have to redo the work, and it's raining. <laughs> yeah, and the weather yeah, comes weather, in, and weather, now that adds yep. extra stress because you told them that it would be finished this week. Rain, hail, That's or good shine. Because well, then that then that plugs into the quote. You know, during the quoting. Uh, period of the session, you, uh, you know, you have the weather forecast. And so you're take, having to take that into account. Do you risk the 70% chance of rain, you know, or do you leave an extra day for that so that you know you can get it done if, if you have a really stressful day that where everything fucks up? Uh, that's cool. I, I think that, uh, I think that'd be fun. I think that actually yeah. adds a really nice, uh, angle to that. Cool. So, there you go. We got a slightly narrative game, but very, very heavy on the mechanics. Well, and look, if you really want to throw some narrative in there, there can be a whole mystery story going on with the whole thing. <laughs> or a romance or something like- Oh, I like mystery. Mystery yeah. is great. You know, what's oh, going well, on in the town? Can, well, then, because when you when you get a particular client and you start digging up their garden, you're finding bodies. <laughs> Trevor just got the best look on his face. I'm just like- That's exciting. That's exciting. And we'll just, we're just going to leave it on that. We're going to leave the mystery up to you, listener. What could that game be with that sort of mystery involved? Three, two, one, click. Trade device. Confined footnote. Confined. Confined. C-O-N-F-I-N-E-D footnote F-O-O-T-N-O-T-E. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the way you said that made me think you'd added like an extra O or something in there, right there. No. Uh, yeah. Com- confined footnote and trade device. Okay. <laughs> is, is the footnote a warning on some sort of device, right? So, like, you know how you might be able to be selling devices and you legally have to put warnings on them for different things- but you want to make that as small and as confined to a tiny spot as possible. Yep. Uh, Warning causes zombification if consumed. 
Yeah, something like that. Yes. Um, so that's really confined to like, you know, electric shock <laughs> if humidity is above sixty three percent. Yeah, uh, and I'm imagining that um, this is white packaging, and it's light okay. grey text. <laughs> well, well, well. I think the, maybe this is where the tech tree comes into it. Is like initially, like you get better ways of concealing. And confining oh, you, this are you label. are you concealing? I thought this was just something that your character had to deal with. Like I was thinking that you are manufacturing these objects okay. in some way. So everything has has like a has like a a negative a negative connotation to it that you're producing, and you've got to find the best way to conceal that mm-hmm. while still complying with the government regulations. With the government that- regulations. <laughs> it's uh, it could be, it's almost a. It's always a papers please ish sort of thing where you get a new thing that comes across your uh, desk. Like you're the, I don't know, you're the either the designer of the packaging or something for this company, whatever, right? So you get a new item that comes across your desk. You're like, okay, I need to package this thing. And it's got this laundry list of, you know, or it might just start as one, but like it gets more and more complicated. Like, okay. Causes electric shocks, uh, not to be used by, you know, under seven year olds. Uh, side effects may include diarrhea, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and we maybe have those, the regulations, like again, in that papers, please ish sort of way. It's like, well, okay, for diarrhea, it has to have this logo on it somehow. And so maybe you like, make it part of the design of the thing to have the, like, <laughs> I was just thinking of like <laughs> the, the the logo is literally on the front cover but because it's actually part of the um the artwork it's sort of like it it fits in here. <laughs> like oh that's a, that's a bit weird what's that sign in the background with a guy shitting everywhere <laughs> <laughs> and then and then again in that very papers please way like as you find loopholes, they start closing them. Mm. Uh, so, you know, the next time you get the, the diarrhea symbol that you have to put on there, uh, it, it's one of the new regulations is like must be as in its own separate little box or whatever with, you know, the warning. There. And that's when you use like the off white on white packaging. Or whatever. It's like, no, technically it's there. Look at it under UV light. You'll see it. Uh, but in, you know, you make it as invisible as possible and then, Obviously, they're going to bring in contrast regulations or something. Uh, and, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that, I don't know. That's the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't really have anything else. Three, two, one, click. Milk loader. Magical stir. <laughs> okay. All right. For this one, I think we do go a bit more narrative. I think this is sort of a, a fantasy magical land, or at least a fantasy land with, with magic involved. Uh, but you are a humble milk loader mm-hmm. at the beginning, at least. And the tech tree comes in from, it's a magical tech tree in this case, mm-hmm. as you are learning, you know, new skills. So okay. I don't know. What is, what is the adventure path of this, of this, of this humble milk loader? Um, so when you say milk loader, are they loading the milk into the cows or is this- No, like- I think they're loading milk like onto a cart, onto carts. <laughs> because I'm just thinking, are they, are they loading, are they loading the udders? Like, is, is that something <laughs> they that- They prep the udders. It, it, it's actually it's- a long-winded way of just saying they feed the cows. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm actually starting to think, um, is this a magical milk elf? Right. Okay. And yep. they start off 
like as a lowly milk loader. Like okay. they're the ones that actually, you know, sort of pump the milk into the into the cows. Okay, so um, this is sort of a world where biological processes in general have are controlled by have, elves. Have yeah. magical beings that kind of control them. Yeah. Uh, so the elves put the milk into the udders of the cows. The there's like snot goblins uh, that will lift, like put snot into people who have colds. You know, mm-hmm. they deal with all mucus related activities. Um, there's the there's the um, stomach elves that you know mm-hmm. break down the food and and sort of move it along the conveyors into the into the intestines and that sort of stuff. Yep, yep. And then we don't talk about the poop trolls. No, no one talks about the poop trolls. No, they're very but important. We all appreciate them, and they've got a really good union, so they are well compensated. Mm-hmm. But they don't. We don't. It's not polite to talk about them in company. No. Okay. So you're a milk loader, and yes. uh, I guess then do you have aspirations of of other careers yeah i i think i think as part of your like the tech tree is is something like these are the skills that you actually have and you can apply for different jobs mm-hmm. um to to like the magical elves union and you know but doing this uh causes a bit of a stir oh i see so okay yeah there's, because- there's like because you were- is it in a bit of a, like, a B-movie way? Like, you were born to be a milk loader and you, you know, have milk loading skills. Your mum and dad were milk loaders. Um, yeah. And they expected you to do the to same. To um, I'm I'm kind of wondering if in this world, like, uh, this is totally meta, but whether, you know, inside these magical elves, there's littler magical elves that, <laughs> you know, do all their- <laughs> their things and that's just like blowing my mind right now like how do, how do new yeah, elves come along and- <laughs> <laughs> well that's the fuck fairies <laughs> everyone knows that everyone knows when, when, when a little elf gets to about the age of you know nine ten you know maybe later if their parents are a bit conservative then they sit down and have the fuck fairy talk hmm yeah um, uh, yeah, <laughs> yes, I don't know at what point then there are <laughs> beings that have actual biological processes that aren't controlled by smaller beings. Yep. I think what actually happened in this world is the elves actually did something. Okay. And they broke the biological processes of- Oh, yeah. Of the so, larger beings. And, and so- they've now been tasked to like- To actually- To, to carry them out. To carry them out, and you know, there's only a couple of people at the very top who know this. That it is actually a big shame on the on the elves and and on this group the, that the magical creatures in general, the magical creatures in general. That well, is this a situation where the, yes, the elves fucked something up, but now they've they're essentially they've created this capitalistic society where they've recruited these other beings like the poop trolls and the, you know, the stomach, the snot goblins and, and different things. Uh, they had nothing to do with it originally, but they pay them to keep this up because otherwise the humans or the larger creatures are going to find out and, you know, or or, or all die or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so part of the story of this then perhaps is, you know, this starting to come to light, like more people finding out about what the elves did. Uh, yeah, but I, I think uh, it sort of all stems from the fact that you being a milk loader, you don't want to be a milk loader anymore because- Because yeah. um, you're you know, lactose intolerant. Well, yeah. I, I kind of like the idea that, 
Um, milk makes you break out in in rashes in hives. Yeah, and and so it's one of those things that as you're working through with this, you know, you're you're fully decked out in in you know nuclear radiation sort of stuff, and it's just because you're dealing with lactose on a daily basis. And yeah, as you as you're working, you start building up your skills in you know other other ways that you can then spend the points on. You know, here's here's where my career aspirations sort of lie. And it's sort of more around, these are the skills that you need to be able to get this particular job. Um, Yeah, so I think there is an aspect of of grind to it in a way uh, where you you get to try out all these different jobs and, like, and there is a tree, there's a path, and you can experiment with a few different ones. And I don't know if maybe you have to commit to a path at some point or if narratively you are driven to a particular path. Uh, I think in this case, in a more narrative sense, having a full tech tree probably doesn't make a ton of sense. Like, it's more of a narrative tech tree in that way. Um, but within the world, like, yes, there are these progressions through different branches of, of careers. Which uh, is really weird that there's, like, you've worked it out, but no one else has. Like, everyone else is just- They just do what they're know, told. Basically. They just do what they're told. You know, the saliva sprites, they're, they've never had aspirations <laughs> of, of you know, becoming a, a snot goblin. Like- even, yeah, they, even I mean, though they have to work with them like so closely. Yeah, and and the thing is, they they're all the same sort of creature. Like these words that that have been put on them, like you know the milk loaders, which are elves. Well, the poop trolls are actually just elves as well. It's just that you know they they got called poop trolls because it's like well, right? It's, be more of, it's more of an aesthetic name. Like it's more yeah. about what rolls off the tongue. Yeah, because snot goblins are literally just elves, but they deal with snot. <laughs> but, but snot elves doesn't sound as good, so. No. Yeah, okay, that's fine. And uh, saliva sprites, you know, that sounds good. But fuck fairies are actually fairies. They've got wings and shit. Like, <laughs> it's magic. It's a magical Yeah, I mean, it's a magical, it's a magical process. It's a magical time between two uh, people yeah. who want to fuck. Uh, okay, so. Always. What, what do you think is, is this elves- End goal. Um, I think they just they just want to to feel fulfilled in life. Okay, and that is not loading milk, which you know breaks them out in hives if they ever touch it. Um, so, is, is it about them discovering the whole conspiracy, or is it more I, of a personal I think, story? I think it's a personal story, but there is the conspiracy stuff going on in the background that they unwittingly yeah. come across. And is then- this them disrupting that conspiracy then and finding a way to fix things? Or is it more just, oh, deciding, realizing, oh, this is our lot in life. Like we have a responsibility here, but I can find a way to be happier by yeah. like finding my place. Yeah. And I think it's one of these things of you, you kind of go on that personal growth journey and you realize that, Hey, being a milk loader wasn't so bad. Everything has its downsides. Yeah. And. I know. I, th- I think with some I, of the maybe relationships you, maybe and that you sort like of stuff, improve the working conditions for everyone. Yeah. Maybe all and elves are lactose intolerant. Maybe this is the worst job an elf can have because elves are genetically predisposed to to not tolerate milk. Yeah. And so you know you realize through the end of this that okay, it has to be done because otherwise, like the cows will all die because their calves won't have milk. Mm-hmm. But at least we can get better working conditions. What, what I find funny about it being a cow is the fact that, you know, with with there being so many different stomachs. So, yeah. you know, the people who are working on the- <laughs> Yeah, are they, are they different- uh, There's different levels of, different- of stomach elves. Like, mm. um, 
you know, you've got you've got the upper management who are up the up the top, and they're just like, you know, passing it all like, down. Yeah, just to pass the next it one. down. Yeah, we'll deal with some of this. We'll deal with some of this stuff, but you know, pass the rest down to to the lower stomachs. Yeah, and as it goes, you know, through the four stomachs or whatever, they they gradually it gradually gets broken down a little bit more, but <laughs> it's, it's almost like uh, things are really kind of not working just, very well for this cow. I just love, I just love the. The idea of all these elves going to work every day and they've just got the place that they work, which is a being like, you know, this elf, we should give him a name. Um, Dingus works in, <laughs> works in this one cow, like, and has for years, uh, just loading milk. That's all he does. And, you know, every day Dingus comes out of his home and sees all the other elves heading off and there's, you know, the other elves, that the other milk loaders that work at the different cows in this one field and he knows them all by name. And, and yeah, the, the pretentious upper management stomachs in his in his cow. Like, essentially, each cow is its own company, you know? Yeah. Um, um, do- Can they leave the cow? And therefore, does it- Does yeah, this think, thing have, like, leave- something- Bad that happens where you know our elf is actually out halfway through the halfway through the game. He's you know out and about with his mates. He comes back and the cow's no longer there, so his workplace yeah. has disappeared. Yeah, that yeah, because yeah, yes, I think they I think they live elsewhere. I think the cow the cow is their workplace essentially uh, that they come to every day. <laughs> I'm just imagining <laughs> they walk out of their their little you know apartment underground and you know the walk over and they. I was like, okay, pull me up. And it's like, they got all these rope police all sort these of things. And, and stuff <laughs> to get up into the cows. Yeah. Yeah. All these- There's like, like a door on the side of the other that they can open up and they- <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's essentially like a building, like this big moving building. And because it's just all magical, like no one in the no none of the large creatures that they're servicing actually know anything about it. But yeah, I I I want to hear you know a classic kind of off to work opening scene where yeah all these little holes in the ground. I'm picturing for some reason like little trapdoors in the ground, like trapdoor spiders. Um, but just this field of of trapdoors opens up, and all these elves come out and are heading off to work. And okay. Yeah, Hey, Dingus. Yeah, morning, Gregor Gregorius. <laughs> Does it open on like you're you're in a laboratory sort of thing? You're you're you've kind of got um you know your your suit on, mm. and you know you're dealing with like this white liquid that you're pouring into into these receptacles <laughs> and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> And then the buzzer goes for the day and you leave and you, you walk oh, out. Oh, so it's more the opposite. Yeah, it's the end of the day that's that you yeah. see first. Yeah. Uh, just because I like the idea of it being like a, a typical work yeah. workplace office sort of thing first. in yeah. there or, or some sort of- some sort of, um, or like a factory you know, floor or something. Factory floor slash, you know, it's sort of a sterilized area and, yeah. you know, you get You've out of there the- and it's like- the buzzer, the buzzer goes for the day, and it's like you you open up the door, get onto the elevator, and it goes down, and you you look behind you, and it's just this huge cow. Yeah, <laughs> like- yeah, you just like the elevator's descending down its back leg. Um, I mean, if I'm being honest, this feels more like a DreamWorks movie than a video game, but uh, you know, we tend to we tend know, to go I've, down I've, that path sometimes. This, this has got you know, you can do a lot with the tech trees in this in the fact oh, that yeah. Yeah. these are skills that you're learning that. Accounting skills, and you know, then you can actually work in the brain to to actually. <laughs> See, they don't even- <laughs> so, 
Are, are these large beings doing anything by themselves, or is this whole world literally just like these beings aren't even conscious that that elves are just doing everything? Well, maybe, maybe that's maybe that's the thing. That's the thing. That's the thing for the sequel. That you know, it turns out that <laughs> the farmer, like you think that this may just happen for cows, like they they totally fucked oh, up. Oh no, it's humans you? as well. Yeah, yeah. But then as you know, you get halfway through the game, you've gone out, and the cows no longer there. Like basically, they're being taken out for out for food. Yeah, you know, end of life, and it's like, okay, now they're going, going to the slaughterhouse or whatever, and you hitch a ride on, on like a person, the farmer right. or something like that, and <laughs> you you find out that you know. The- Sorry, I'm just picturing a scene where you put your milk loading skills to use, and the farmer starts lactating. <laughs> Like it's almost a ratatouille situation where like the far you meet the farmer and you- you're like helping him. I don't know. I know there- there's something about like when you- when you get inside the farmer and you're going through the factory floor and it's like what's this closed off area and you break it open and it's like oh this is the milk producing facility. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not needed in this in this particular being, but it's still uh, there. It's because, still there. You know, we-, we build them on a factory. You know, it's all it's all standard standardized. Yeah, you break in and start using it. You just cut oh to God. an outside scene of this farmer being really confused, <laughs> snapping wet spots. Yeah, but it's like, uh, are the elves actually controlling the the brain patterns, and therefore it's like it's not actually confusing at all? <laughs> like, or or they're confused in, well, the, in but the control it, room? The el- yeah, like you you cut to the outside and see the farmer going like, oh 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 oh, and then you cut to inside the brain, and they're like going, what, what the, the hell? Why is the milk production started? Like, who's down there? Get the so who, who's on security? <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> okay, three to one click. Oh, boy, that's ridiculous. Excess hazard. Blanket climb. Uh. For some reason, I've got, uh, with hazard and climb, cliffhanger. Okay. I'm thinking a game based around the movie. Well, not necessarily the movie cliffhanger, but, you know, the idea of, of climbing, but it being more around, you know, what what are the skills that you need for for rescuing people in- on a mountain or something like that. Okay. Okay. I I was heading towards some sort of blanket fort situation, um, but I think I like yours better. Okay. I think I like, yeah, some sort of mountain rescue yeah. kind of deal. And because I, I, I like the idea of, you know, you it's this huge mountain range, you know, depending on the time of year, whether it's snow or whether it's actually, you know, just the rocky mountain face and all that sort of stuff, depends on what sort of rescue- Stuff you actually need to have out there, and um, the tech trees are, are sort of a, more around. Do you have the funds for you know the helicopter, and therefore do you have the the helicopter skills and and that sort of stuff? Yeah, well, do you I'm, have- I'm almost I'm picturing this almost as a bit of a, a kind of a cross between a management and a and an well, action like an adventure. World, yeah, well, I'm thinking sort of an open world. Like you've got this whole mountain and you will just get radio calls coming in of people who need help or or whatever. And so you can kind of you've got your little base camp and you are building that up over time where yeah, eventually you make it all the way to having a helipad and that sort of thing. But initially you're just I don't know, maybe you've got like a little um I mean, if it's a snow-covered mountain, maybe you've got, like, a little uh, snowmobile sort of thing, or maybe you're literally just having to hike to them to save them, and then you've got your tools, which, you know, you can also improve over time, but it's, like, yeah, these mountain climbing tools or, like, you, different ways to, to raise people up or medical tools and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I kind of see this now as mountain watch. Not fire watch, but 
mountain watch. And the idea being that you, you've got kind of like, as you were saying, base camp, that you get a call in saying that there's someone stuck on this pass over here. And you then need to answer that call, go over there, yep. uh, do that with whatever you've got at the moment. And as as you work through it, as you get more, um, as you level up sort of thing, or as you get more experience, you can mm-hmm. invest in certain things for your, for your, um, for your base camp. Like- at the yeah. moment, you've got the one base camp, but you can open it up to, to you know, work from a number of different ones. Yeah. So, what I like about this, uh, I think I like the Firewatch comparison, although I, I think I want to make it less uh, strictly narrative. Oh, I think yeah. There, there's Definitely obviously not. is like a narrative going on. There, it's, uh, it's more, you're, you're going to get a, a call saying- you need to go pick up this person. And that could be yeah. randomly generated yeah. uh, as to what's happening at this stage. The idea being that you're going through these multiple runs of saving these people, but you have to do different things to, to find these people. Like yeah. there's certain- And I think the fun comes from, because I'm almost picturing it as a bit of a like uh, Just Cause or even a Far Cry kind of thing where it's it's this sort of relatively open open world and you get these different things coming up. Uh, and so you can have a lot of different events and like, you know, combinatory gameplay things happening. But what I like about it is that you're, it's not a, a shooter. Like yeah. you're doing something a bit different and the fun comes from the traversal, like just finding your way to get to this place on the mountain. It's like, oh, okay, well, I can't make it any further on my Jeep. So I'm going to have to, you know, walk from here or climb a bit up here. And have I got the grappling hook yet? Or just to bring last week's yeah. one in or, you know, have I got- Well, have you, un- have you unlocked the grappling hook from the That's tech tree? That's what I mean. Like- yeah, from the tech tree. Have you? What have you unlocked from the tech tree to help you get to this person quicker, you know, and, and I think the quicker you get there, the, obviously, the more likely you are to save them, uh, yeah. depending on, you know, it could just be, oh, they got bitten by a snake or, you know, they fell down a short way and, and uh, sprained their ankle or it could literally be they're, yeah, trapped on the side of a cliff somewhere and this close to falling to their death. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the, you could go down, to, go down the point of kind of like the start of cliffhanger where someone's taken a fall, hurt themselves, but they're up, you know, the top of a mountain sort of thing. Yeah. So you've got to, you got to come up with some sort of way of, of getting them off the mountain. Not necessarily have the whole thing with the, the equipment failing as you're trying to get them off and they fall. Yeah. Because that's kind of bad. Um, <laughs> well, you have to have at least one mission though that. Where that does happen. <laughs> or at no, least see, has the I, opportunity I, I was, to happen. I was happy to go with the mission of there was, you know, some thieves that lost a um lost a briefcase <laughs> full of diamonds on, on the mountain somewhere and you know, you've got to you've got to try and not help them but also, you know, save yourself and your friends right. at the same time. I don't know sure exactly fighting. thing. I don't know yes. remember the <laughs> John Lithgow ends up on the on right. the mountain and Oh, maybe there's a like fucking a, great maybe movie. there's a like a DB Cooper um mission as well where like this mysterious person Oh, that, that's onto that's, the if, that's if you that's if you find a if, if you find the missing cave, like the secret cave, right, you yeah. actually find the skeleton of DB Cooper. Right. And, and a that, bunch that, of cash. Um, that and a bunch bunch of cash. And then, you know, it's one of those things of do you do you keep the cash or do you go for the fame and fortune that the um, <laughs> finding DB Cooper's body and the missing cash and they're getting mm. then collecting any reward money and that sort you of stuff? You get like, uh, yeah, you get like renown points or something. Or Paragon that points. That you can yeah. spend in different ways. <laughs> and there's a, you know, there's an Xbox achievement uh, for it as well. Or I don't know why I specified Xbox. Everything has achievements now. Yes. Yes. Everything has achievements. Even this podcast, you listener just won an achievement for getting to episode two. 
260. Well done. I think that's what we're on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Listener, you've just got an, you've just got an achievement for listening to a pointless conversation. Three, uh, two, yeah. one, garage. Vroom. Vintage, abandon, miscellaneous, static. Ooh, okay. Vintage and static put me in the mind of like an old TV. Yes. CRT 19. Black and white. 50s. Yeah, black and white. Um, oh, so maybe there's, there's something that, that brings me to horror, perhaps. Yeah. There's something about like you not trusting the, the new technology. Like the moving pictures is just <laughs> a little bit weird. <laughs> Even the moving, the moving pictures. Well, so this, this newfangled thing called television. Yes. It's a newfangled thing called television. And I think this is in the, in the early days of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you're just not quite sure. Like what was previously like an abandoned store all of a sudden springs up overnight into, mm-hmm. you know, showing into like a TV, sh- TV into store. like a, a brand new TV store. And it's like, there's, it's only after it opens that, um, you start hearing about. The wonders of television and all this sort of stuff. It's like it was something that wasn't in the news until that shop opened and then it was. Oh, right. You'd never, literally never heard of this concept of television and then all of a sudden it's there. And so, you suspect that it's it's basically coming yeah, into every, being. Everyone overnight. else has, has just gone- you know, well, I've I've got I've got one of those newfangled televisions, so we can have the cinema at home. Because obviously they were moving pictures from from the cinema yes. and all that sort of stuff, but actually having it at home is you know. And a, but yeah, to you, it's an abomination. Like, there's no way they can fit a projector in there. Yeah. And are you? Oh, are you a like film operator of of some sort? Maybe you have a, a predisposed dislike of of television because you are an expert in film projection. Yeah, and it doesn't seem possible to to project you know that sort of quality onto onto what looks to be a a, a very small screen when mm-hmm. you know <laughs> that when when you project you know it has to get larger, so therefore it had to start from. A, even smaller position. But the problem, the, the right. crazier thing is, where's the film? Yeah, where's the film? Like, like, how do they fit film roles in there? How do they change them out? How, how can you change the channel and you get a different a different lot of pictures? Like, that just- Yeah, and what is this weird technological tree coming out of the top of it? It's all metal and shiny. Yes. <laughs> it's- And when I move it, the picture tree. changes. Yes, exactly. And it gets nowhere, and then it gets a little bit more static here. Um, all right, I think this is a VR game. Okay, yep. Just because I feel like the the tone we're going for works for that. Oh, yeah. And and I like this being horror around, uh, yeah, like this 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 TV uh, or TV so what, in what's, what sort of- What is the horror that's going on? Are, are people's- Like, is there something that's happening in this town where people who are, who are watching TV, like, they get taken away by someone, like, uh, because they've either lost their mind or, or they've been brainwashed or something like that. And then, you know, all of a sudden you're not seeing these people around. I'm not sure what happens, but I just had a a vision of someone coming to your door, opening their mouth and just static comes out. (laughs) Oh, yes. That's just, oh my God. And then, and then you look closely and their eyes are just- White noise. Oh, their eyes are literally little screens with static. Little static screens. Until you move that that tech tree just a little bit, <laughs> and then um, all of a sudden the picture comes into view, <laughs> and you see in their eyes just you know the the perfect perfect representation of what's on the screen right now. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
something about, you know, the eyes all of a sudden not being expressive that yeah. just, oh, just creeps me the fuck out. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, so yeah, I think this is kind of a- I, I, I do think that we can actually still go down a tech tree, like a legitimate tech tree of different okay. skills that you can now do um, within this. And I think it's it comes in investigation skills. Okay. Like as as you go down through this thing and you and you find out certain things, you get some skill points that you get to put into. Can you make identifying you know um, static beings a lot quicker, or mm. you know you can be a little bit more stealthier as you as you're investigating in someone's house. So maybe you can be sort you, of like maybe sneaking being in. a film operator, you actually you figure out some of the technology, being an engineer essentially behind the TV, and you're building a little detection device that has an antenna on it, mm. um, and the tech tree can can be around the add-ons and the and the improvements you make to it as well. Yes. Me um, like- okay. Well, this feels like <laughs> it's moving more towards kind of a, uh, a a bit of a stealth action game as well. Yeah, but I think that works. That can work really well in in. VR, especially if you don't yeah. want to, if you don't want to be talking to any of these, uh, what's it called, like static, static, static people, um, because we know that everyone who's got a um, a VR headset has a lovely mic right mm-hmm. there. If they make too much noise, <laughs> then does the player they get, does, they get does the player have to make white noise with their own mouth <laughs> to to blend in? No, I I, I think it's <laughs> it's just, more around. You just have the player having to go. <sighs> Because <laughs> I'm, I'm just imagining, I'm just imagining the first time that someone gets into the game and they're sort of sneaking and it's like their wife is talking in the background and they go, "What was that, honey?" And all of a sudden, the static people just look just towards you, turn like, and all start. It's like, yeah, oh shit, oh shit, oh their shit. Their eyes are <laughs> white noise. Yeah, because there's just something about it. Like that's. That's where you really realize, oh shit, like I can't turn off the microphone. The, the idea is that it's just going to, it's not going to record you. It's just going to listen out. And yeah. 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 If it's too noisy. Um, yeah. yeah. You're kind of fucked. Uh, yeah. I, I like that aesthetic of the, the vintage TV static. You know, there's a lot of cool horror stuff you can do with that. Yes. Very much so. All right. Three, two, one click. Unlucky yearly. Suspect deterrent. I kind of feel that with unlucky, that that brings in, you know, that two that two sided uh, tech tree thing again, where you've got luck and unluck. All right, hang on. Before you do that though, because I just had an idea. Yearly, and and the time of year we're in right now made me think of Santa Claus, mm-hmm. and. Santa Claus could have a really cool te- tech tree. That's all I'm going to say if we wanted to get in their route. <laughs> oh. Like, yeah, essentially- Yeah, I, I do, uh, do kind of like a, a, a Santa Claus tech tree. Yeah, like a Santa Claus delivery kind of game where, you know, each year you're, you're getting better and better tech in a very, like, Arthur Christmassy kind of, mm-hmm. you know, end point. Yes. Hiring on elves to okay, and giving them um, technology. And maybe the so deterrent is around deterring children, yes, from spotting you. And it's also you. about because I like the idea going on from our previous game, which was a horror game. Mm-hmm. Um, the Krampus is also okay. yes yearly getting more and more technology. So it's it's this thing of you know 
you may occasionally come across a time where you're you're coming into a house and you're trying to give give a present to little Susie. And the but Krampus it is already there. That the Krampus is already there giving a present to little Jack. Because Jack has been a right little twat. <laughs> <laughs> so in the I don't know the overall lore of of Krampus. Uh I'm I'm taking liberties here. Like, basically, normally people say, you know, oh, you'll get a piece of coal from Santa. It's like, no, you'll get taken by Krampus if you, if you, uh. (laughs) Right. Well, I kind of, yeah, I kind of like the idea of Krampus being essentially, uh, your competition in a way. Yeah. Um, But the idea is that the reason why, the reason why you don't hear about this too often is because usually Santa is able to fight Krampus off. Mm -hmm. But as you are getting more and more technology each year, like Krampus realizes, I haven't, I haven't got a child soul in many, many years. What can I do to to make sure I actually get a child? So they start getting more and more technology and that sort of stuff. Now my question is, which do we want to play? I mean, is is, is this given is this the a, choice? Is this one of these we one of these games that in order to experience the entire game, you play a chapter? As each, and you continually oh, go go through. Are your tech tree decisions then holding between chaps? So, like, if you play Santa and you know you upgrade your sleigh with uh, you know super fast jets, uh, then when you play Krampus, you're going to have less time before Santa gets there to steal a kid, or, well, or however that works out. I, I kind of think that you are upgrading each one for yourself. Don't worry about what happens with the with the with the Santa that you're going up against next, because you're actually playing in the same year. So okay, you you effectively can play the the different the different things off against each other. There's always a a time when they sort of both end up against each other, and I think that's where the chapter sort of ends each time, and then you get to choose which um. Which abilities or which upgrades? Which which side you are actually on, and you're going to, you're going to play for this time. So you don't always have to play Santa uh, going up against Krampus. You can sometimes play Krampus going up against Santa, um, and that'll give you extra extra points to maybe there's an ability that you that you really want for Krampus. Like you really want that grappling hook so he can he can get up onto the roofs a lot quicker. Yeah, because at the moment you're having to climb the drain pipe every time. It takes forever. <laughs> but if you could just get those extra couple of points. You know that next chapter for Krampus, you're going to be able to get up on on top of that roof a l- little bit quicker. Yeah, but then if you decide, well, I guess my my thought was, if you decide to play Santa the chapter after, does the Krampus you're going up against get up onto well, roofs it, faster? Yes, he, he he can now get up on roofs faster, but it also means that next time you're in you're in the chapter, you can also get up on the roofs faster. Yes, so yeah, yeah, it's yeah, one of, of these things of you can you can literally say for Santa, I don't want the children awake detector because. You know, it's more fun when I'm Krampus if I can wake some of the kids up and, and move them out so that uh, Santa doesn't realise that the kids are awake and, and out of the house or something like that. Mm. All right. Here's, here's an alternative, because I like that in general of being able to play both. But I feel like having to choose good things for each of them, they end up just like, oh, I want to do better as Krampus, so I'll choose, you know, different stuff for Santa that will make me do better as Krampus. What if- we played Krampus the entire time I was on that same no, point. No, 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 no. You can play as either, but for that run, uh, you you play as the one character, but you're playing- It's an asynchronous multiplayer thing. 
So essentially, well, wait, how would that work? How about we don't do multiplayer? Because my main problem with multiplayer is if no one's playing it, the game's kind of gone. Well, no, I, okay. I, I, I kind of like I was this- going for. What I was going for is it's asynchronous multiplayer in that. You're going against a computer-controlled Krampus, but each year the choices that they make in the tech tree are based off another player's Krampus run. Okay. So then at least you could still just- You could have an AI- Like, you could have one- You could still play the game if no one's playing because you just come up with one yourself. But there's the extra benefit of, oh, you beat, you know, Fred Winger 69's Krampus. Yeah. And you and when- Fred Winger 69 logs back in, they'll see, you know, your Krampus uh, stole three children from these people's Santas, uh, but was d- defeated by these people's Santas, and you might get points or achievements or something. Yeah. So, how many years is, is this over? Like, effectively, the levels- I'm, th- I'm seeing it kind of like a roguelike, random sort of distribution of, of yes. people, and you can you can sort of go down different tech trees as you go- Depending on what you find in each of these places. Yeah, I think making it a bit more roguelike so the tech tree might even change in different ways or, or what, or maybe just what tech trees, what branches are available to you might change based on how the run's going or yeah, something like ba- that. Yeah, basically if, if you don't find like the right parts of technology, then your, your Santa can't get the, um, you know, automatic Krampus detector. Yeah. Because they don't have, you know, the lump of coal from Krampus. That Krampus you know? left behind, yeah. Because that the Krampus that they're playing against had, you know, the improved sack of coal holding, uh, <laughs> which means that they never drop any coal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I like that. And I think, I think you're playing over a significant period of time because I wonder if the technology of the houses and things changes as well. So that, you know, early on you're setting it in like the 40s or 50s. And you play like seventy years of Santa. You essentially so it, play this is Santa's it just, life. You start as a young Santa, <laughs> but it's always about this one village, right? Um, yeah, sure, yeah. And so when you start, it's fairly small. You're only having to deliver to you know twenty kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, but by the time you get to like 1997, now it's it's a sprawling suburban you know, area and half the houses have uh, security cameras and alarms. And so you've had to, you know, you, you have to get around those in different ways. And obviously the different tech trees could help to do that. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I would like to see, and I think the reason why it's based around this, this village is it's, it's basically always the last thing that Santa comes across. You know, it's, it's the last village on his, on his journey. And it happens to coincide with, um, Krampus's last last village as well. Like right. everywhere else in the world, for some reason, there's certain places that Krampus won't go, or or he happens to start in this village. So it's like at the start of his run and at the end of yours, and it's the only place that it actually crosses over. So okay. Santa's always arming himself just for this one village because he's he's not about to. That's where the showdown happens. That's basically. where the showdown happens each time, and it's all about. You know, making sure that you choose the right house to go into first, because you've got to try and keep yourself away from Krampus early on in the run of each year, mm. because he may he may be a little bit more powered up, and you you don't have all the parts that you need. Like you may actually want to go collect some Christmas baubles so that you can you can um, scatter them around so that you, you can lay some traps so that you can under. You can hear yeah. when he's coming. You, you might. You want to make sure you've eaten at least fifty-three cookies and glasses of milk because that's going to get your HP up 
uh, for, you know, if there's a well, battle. Well, and you can also, you know, you've got your, your cookie bag that you can actually, mm-hmm. you know, store store a number of cookies in. Of course. Yeah, for when you need them the most. Yeah. There's, there's something about, you know, having this sort of showdown, but it's also- it's not about death. It's about if you get beaten, it means that the, the Krampus is actually maybe maybe the Krampus steals the presence of the um of the kids. Oh, that's, that's a bit less troublesome. Yeah. Yes. So <laughs> yeah, r- like rather than him stealing the soul, stealing yeah. the presence. So it's all about you lose okay. Christmas spirit because there's an, there are unhappy children in the in the town, and I think like every year you get a well, you you've know, got you, a naughty nice list, and oh yeah, and the reason why. You know, so you'll hit a few nice kids first because you know yeah. that Krampus is, is scouting out those some of those naughty kids. So you you actually oh, I uh, like that Santa still gives gifts to everyone, but it's, yes, the naughty and nice list is about who Krampus is going to come for. Yes, mm. and that's all it's about, and that's what it's always been about. Like you can be naughty or nice, and Santa doesn't care. He thinks yeah. that every every kid every, needs, every kid deserves, deserves happiness and presence yeah happiness and presence but Krampus is the one who's who's the real downer yeah okay so like when, when when you play <laughs> Krampus you're you can only interact so much in a nice in a nice kid's house you there's almost like a barrier around the uh, around the presence that you cannot oh as Krampus yeah as Krampus but you can still get in there and and yeah. you know uh pick up certain certain uh, new technology and that sort of stuff so that you can take it back to your dark mm. elves. Because I like the idea that it's the elves that actually right, you've got, determine this whole Krampus thing. has their own elves. Yeah, well, I like this idea that, yeah, Santa has the naughty and nice list. It shifts year to year. Like, some kids will, will flip-flop back and forth. But if you are putting presents into a naughty kid's house, then you have a chance of running into Krampus. Uh, I kind of like that being the tension there. And so it's almost like fight, you gear up off. and you get yourself all ready to go. You're not fighting as such. You're, what you're trying to do is is you're trying to delay deter. I mean, or deter, deter or, or come up deter- with- deterrent is one of our words. So, <laughs> so unlucky comes in in the fact that uh, there there is some uh, luck involved with. I think early on in the game you can actually have uh you don't actually necessarily have the naughty nice list that's that's an upgrade oh, that that's you an need. upgrade yeah well and, well and it could I, th- I think for krampus as well i don't think krampus has a naughty and nice list because that's a santa thing so krampus has to figure out like krampus has a detector he's got he can see the aura of the children but that might be why krampus has to go into the houses as well uh is to check that out is this a naughty kid am i going to be able to take the presents from them oh crap they're nice i have to leave and then Krampus's upgrades can be about um, figuring that out from like a further distance or, you know, you can look through the window to see it rather than having to go through or you can get a sense as you get close to the house, like, oh, there are naughty kids in here. Yeah. That's cool. I I like that, actually. Well, and and I feel like as Santa as well, I wonder if, because obviously Krampus is is AI controlled, even if they're based on another player's Krampus, but every year that Krampus is going to get more powerful as the night goes on. Mm Mm-hmm. So it could be a strategy of, okay, as Santa, even though I'm a bit weaker still as well, I'm going to try to get the naughty kids out of the way because if I do run into Krampus, he's going to be weaker too. I'm going to have more of a chance to, to, to get rid of the, get rid of Krampus. And I think it is just like, yeah, it's not fighting, but you've got tools to, to deter Krampus in some way. That is, that is really quite <laughs> That's cool. That's kind of cool. I like that. Um, um I, I think it would take a little bit, a little bit more brainstorming to actually get it into a, a position that we could be very happy with. And, oh, and yeah, could- but I, I think but- some of the, the back and forth is there and 
I I just kind of love the idea of it's essentially a breaking and entering game, but as Santa, so it's fine. It's, it's about it's leaving and stealing gifts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it's about leaving and stealing gifts. Well, make, that's the making other thing, traps actually, with Krampus. Is you don't want to go into a kid's house that that Santa hasn't been in yet. Exactly, but so you that's also part of your um, yeah. You also need to be very careful about if you do go into a house that Santa has already been in. You don't know what sort of traps he could have left. Like there yeah. could be paint cans that swing down from <laughs> from stairs and all this sort yeah. of shit. Nails like, on stairs, hot yeah. hot like uh, door handles. It, it's full on Home Alone rules in there, like. Which is really kind of scary because if the kids, um, actually, you know, came downstairs before Santa came back through and cleaned them all up, because that's the thing, Santa does need to finally clean. Well, he's it got up. elves. He's got elves, though. I think the elves they do a cleanup pass at the end of the night, uh, just before dawn. Yeah, <laughs> when they when they know Krampus is you know, gone back to his cave. So, how does Krampus win versus Santa? Like, is it? Is it number of naughty kids' presents left versus number of naughty kids' presents stolen? stolen? Uh, yeah, well, I don't know if it's about a full-on win-lose or if it's just about how many points you get, essentially, like how how high you score. And, yes, I think you get you score points from stealing naughty kids' presents. And also, you know, there can be some other things, like, I don't know, maybe you get to take a pot shot at Santa uh, if, if Santa's weak enough. Get some points for that. Knock his hat off. Get him in the bells. <laughs> yeah, hit him right in the bells. The jingle bells. All right. I like that. But I think we'll leave it there. Uh, that was a fun one. That was cool. Yeah. Uh, what What did you think of Click Pitch Garage today? Let us- Oh, are you talking to me? Yes. Or are you talking to our audience? I was talking to, to you first, <laughs> and then I'm like, okay. I'll just I'll reach it to the audience. Sure. I thought that uh, that it was tuned up very nicely. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, tell us what you thought. If you want to find us online, you can go to podchaser.com slash bitstorm and leave a review there. Do exactly that. Tell us what you think of Click Pitch Garage. And is this something we should keep doing? We're going to anyway for a little bit. Uh, so, <laughs> but it'd be nice to know you're enjoying it. And if you like the song that appears at the start and end, it's called Mount Defiance and it was on the album Containment Failure by the band Kuradust. Go search it out on Google and it's free for everyone to download on their band camp. That's right. So, thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. And uh, I'll be right back. My uh, my poop trolls uh getting busy down there. Oh, hang on. Why am I lactating? <laughs> Stupid milk loaders. Uh, my fuck fairy's busy. <laughs>